Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Master Instructor Roundtable. I'm Regional Master Instructor Marty Miller here with my dear friend and fellow Regional Master Instructor, Miss Wendy Batts. Wendy, how you doing? I am good. How are you? Good. I've got a small pile of presents over there that still need to be wrapped, but I'm ahead of schedule. So, you know, considering I'm doing okay, they're all purchased. Oh, well, there you go. Mine are wrapped, except her. I just volunteered to help a friend wrap theirs because there was some stuff that went on where she's struggling. So, you know, that's my good deed for the end of the year is to uh, provide assistance where I can. So I thought I was done, but not so much. <laughs> I wish you lived local because wrapping like that is like my like, I don't know. It's just I, it's not my favorite. Um, I don't mind wrapping except for mine looks like my five-year-old wrapped them when I'm done. I've got tape everywhere. Things don't like close right. So I'm cutting pieces and you know, it's, it's all good, but you know, I think we should take an informal <laughs> poll. And as people are watching, <laughs> are you one of those rappers that like my wife is like, I'm like, who, like, I don't even want to unwrap it. It looks so nice. I, yeah. I and try. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. My husband's the one that sticks the bow on and the bow can be all like smashed up. You know, it's the ones that you buy in the bags and I'm the one that's like got the ribbon and try to make it all, all, uh, you know, all pretty. But then again, I'm also trying to hide my mistakes. So, <laughs> and that's what today's round table is about y'all. We're talking I'm about wrapping gifts. Yes, definitely. So now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about what we learned this year. And first and foremost, you just both learned, don't bring your wrapping to either one of us. So, <laughs> so, oh my gosh. I, I just read ribbons, bows, and glitter. Oh my goodness. I am. We don't glitter in my home. We do not glitter in my home because it is so messy and I will have glitter until March. You know, now, like, what I'm going to say for any of you that see me on Instagram, I am, I can't say this out loud. I am actually baking something tomorrow for Christmas Eve. And I got the coolest little decorations that I found that that made me buy something to bake. So check it out tomorrow. I, Wendy, I think you're going to be impressed. Oh, wow. All right. Well, there you have it. Yeah, it is now chocolate. we're doing a cooking show. <laughs> well, you learn that I, I will bake and if I'm going to do it, it's going to be chocolate. Oh, well, there you have it. I'm in. So, so, you know, just, just, I will send you my address just to make sure I'm ready to go, just in case absolutely. you didn't get my Christmas card. So. There, you there you go. All right. So now let's get to the meat of it. Why we're here. We're going to recap just a few of our master instructor roundtable topics that uh, we thought were either very well received, maybe things that we enjoy putting together because it was a little bit off topic or just a topic that we love. So Wendy, why don't you kick us off is when you look back at 2021 and go through the, our library, what was one of the ones that jumped out to you? Well, I mean, and that's one of the, the, it was so hard to choose because I really enjoyed this year. I mean, Marty, thank you for all of the knowledge and all the, all the insight that you provided on each one of the topics that we discussed. And again, I'm a huge, huge OPT and ASM fan, as I wouldn't be with the company if I didn't believe truly in what we try to do um, by, you know, em just embracing the education and the methodology that NASM provides. And so going through it, I would say one of the ones that I thought was very well received, we actually did a two part um, and it was on the shoulder complex. And so if you guys didn't get a chance to check it out, you really should, because, you know, there's always going to be clients that come to you that have some sort of um you know, impingement or they're, they're complaining about soreness or lack of range of motion. 
And we as personal trainers within our scope of practice, I think really can, as long as we understand the anatomy of the shoulder can, can really help someone um, because a lot of it is just unfortunately due to the, you know, us sitting in computers and, you know, things that we've, you know, actually started doing more of because of the pandemic. And then, you know, I know for me, I'm, I'm trying to be active with my five-year-old and I still pick them up and everything. And so, you know, when you think about posture, rounded, rounded shoulders, forward head, all of that can really cause some imbalance in the shoulder complex. And so, for me, it's like, you know, part one, we talked a lot about the three bones. We talked a lot about the four joints and then the four rotator cuff muscles and how each of those play a significant role to give us the degree of freedom that we have within our shoulder complex. And so, you know, going through the strategies um, and all the key functions of the rotator cuff muscles. And um, for those of you guys that are wondering what those are, just as a recap, the supraspinatus, infraspinatus, your teres major, and then your, your um, uh, subscapularis muscles are the, the primary muscles that we talked a lot about. And then of course, going through and talking about the ones, you know, more of the stabilizer muscles. And, you know, those would be more of your rhomboids, your middle trap, your lower trap, and then your serratus. And so, you know, I think really just taking some time maybe to go back and reviewing some of those those two parts i i actually enjoy doing them it was a good you know it's, it's always good to refresh myself um as we go through to put the, these powerpoints together and and marty i know that you talked a ton about you know the scapulothoracic rhythm you talked about the two to one ratio when the arms abducted um so i don't know if you want to you know go through and give your recap on that part but to me i thought you did a phenomenal job on the on the overview of just how the importance of the shoulder itself no, thank you for that. And I think uh, you did a great job as well. And to me, I'm a big shoulder guy. And what I mean by that is one, I came out of professional baseball. So uh, was my original background. And obviously there's a lot of people making, trying to make a lot of money with that joint, but, you know, tying it into the whole body. But, you know, every day that I'm in the gym, I watch people and it's hard to be uh, aggressive in your exercise. When I say aggressive, I don't mean crazy. I mean like progressive and really trying to push the limit especially in this side of uh, resistance training, if you have any shoulder dysfunction, you know, try to do any exercise program you want, upper body and have shoulder dysfunction. And even nowadays with the more and more people looking at high intensity and multi-joint exercise, which is great because when I first started the industry, it was very single joint focused, you know, from a fitness standpoint, even if you want to do one of our favorites, Wendy, that we talked about burpees and push-ups and all that. And <laughs> push presses and, you know, pull-ups and all these things. If your shoulder's not dialed in, you're going to have a problem. So I think mm -hmm. that we did a whole almost two hours on it. I think it's worth going back and checking those out because it is going to be one of the fundamental things that you're going to be working towards if you want to do anything within the fitness realm. Yes. And I, and I think oftentimes too, is we live super heavy on these muscles oftentimes that, you know, we got to think, you know, really think about the integrity of the rotator cuff and the positioning that the humerus sits within the shoulder capsule. And, you know, there's a lot that has to go through a very small space. And so impingement can easily happen if we're not careful and we don't train it properly and appropriately. And so to your point, I see it all the time as well. And I think that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do a two-parter because we wanted to make sure that we're emphasizing, you know, just how important that is, um, and you know, remember if something is stable, it's not always mobile. If something's mobile, it's not always stable. So we need to actually work on trying to 
make sure everything is, you know, positioned correctly. So therefore we're going to be stronger because remember that's the whole purpose of the OPT model in general is you're only as strong as you are stable and you're only as powerful as you are strong and stable. So it really does, you know, going through analyzing assessments, you know, we always talk about the importance of assessments, but if you see the arms falling forward, the head being forward, there's a lot of restriction that we can have. If you notice that someone is in that push-up position and they have the winging, um, which is where the shoulder blades come up versus lie flat against the back, then <clears throat> that can cause some impingement or some issues as well. And that shows that there's dysfunction within that joint. And so we provided, I think, some really good exercises that you can actually implement into your clients or your own program if you notice that you you fall victim to some of these issues as well. And so that that would be probably the first one that I would want to mention. Um, you know, personally, one of my favorites. But how about you, Marty? If no, I'm gonna I'm gonna send it back your way. What do you think? Um, what do you think is the uh, is the good one? Well, there were so many, but one that I you know, we just recently did, and we got a lot of great feedback. And I've been in communication with some of our amazing uh, attendees. Is the book club only because we tend to focus so much on OPT and CES and PES that you know I wanted to bring up a topic of conversation: how you round out your knowledge by going out and looking at other things that you can digest uh, from an intellectual standpoint that could still build your career. And we gave you know our favorite books out there mm -hmm. and. One of mine was Spark and someone connected with me and she was excited about it because she has a son that needs to kind of be more physical and so he can learn. And, you know, I just thought that was a good topic for us to discuss just to kind of break it up and let people know that, you know, we don't just read the OPT model all day long, that we try to understand that, study it. And then how do we use other things within that realm of knowledge to help round us out as people and or in our uh, careers? Yes, I, I enjoyed that one too. It was fun. It was something a little bit different. I think it was very well received. We got a lot of really great feedback. And I know other people had said, hey, in 2022, guys, like do it again, because, you know, everyone's always looking for some fun stuff to read. And, and you know, what, what Marty brought to the table was different than what I brought to the table, even though Marty had read some of mine, I have heard of some of his. And so, you know, I think it's good too. And, and that's one of the reasons we'd like to do these, these webinars was we really want your feedback. We want to be able, especially in 2022, guys, if there are questions that you have or you, you know, we, we appreciate the questions coming in on the Facebook page, but if there's stuff that we can provide in more detail and, you know, you think it would make for a good, um, you know, session, then please send them our way because we want to keep doing these for you. Um, even though we enjoy spending time with each other and getting your feedback and comments while we're live, even if this is after the fact, we want to we want to keep learning and we want to learn from you guys of what you need. So um, if there's anything we can help us, you know, help you with. But but I thought the book club was really fun. Um, definitely a good choice. Absolutely. And for those that are just joining us now, we talked about our wrapping skills, our baking skills. But really why we're here <laughs> is to talk about 2021, what we learned. If you missed that, you're going to want to watch the recording we posted because that could end up being our best part, I hate to say it, of the entire year. I mean, it is what it is, but you're going to learn a lot about us. But we are here to talk about 2021 and we're going to give you some ideas uh, on the topics that we really love. So we talked about the shoulder part one and two in the book club. Wendy, what else you got? Um, I think another one that I really enjoyed was training for sport. I really, because the thing is, is that is one of the ones that hit home for me. I get a lot of questions because I do train specific individuals in pro sports. And then I also train, you know, the, the everyday uh, client that comes in this, you know, the CEOs, the people that are sitting in front of desks. And so it is from one extreme to another. 
However, there's a big significant difference between actually when we're talking about fitness and then we're talking about sport. And so for, you know, fitness, we're talking about the condition, condition of being physically fit and trying to stay healthy and changing, you know, our lifestyle for the better. And then when we're talking about sport, we're involving a like physical exertion for a specific, you know, team or activity that's going to provide entertainment for others. And, um, and so there is a difference as well. However, it all really does boil down to their assessments, their movement quality and dysfunction. And then at that point, we base our programming off of what we're seeing in the assessment, not necessarily, um, you know, just about, oh, they play basketball. So we've got to work on their basketball skills. And so I really enjoyed that one because I thought hopefully we hit home the importance of understanding we are their trainer to make them move more efficiently to prevent or try to prevent injuries. Um, obviously, we can't help contact injuries, but avoid non-contact injuries by getting them to move more you know, fluently and efficiently. Because again, that's going to lead to better strength and power. And so, you know, we're not their coach, let their coach do what they're going to do for their sport, help, you know, help your clients, especially if they're athletes to move better. So therefore, when they go with their coaches, they're going to perform at a higher level, they're going to, you know, exert less, you know, energy long term, if you think about it, because they're moving the correct way. And so, you know, better movement is going to lead to better performance always. And that's when the OPT model, in my opinion, really does play a significant role into someone. Yeah, I don't really have much to add to that. I mean, you, you, you nailed it in the sense that you and I view every human being the same. Same bones, same muscles, same central nervous system, same movement patterns, same planes of motion, same physiological cap capacities we want to train, just what's their ability. And that's the part that is really the only main difference between a non-athlete versus the athlete. And we all think everybody's an athlete. So you know, that's where the model comes in. That's where experience comes in. And then getting the mindset of your clients to understand that they are an athlete, regardless of whether they ever participated, ever will participate, but that they start to understand the importance of rest, the importance of nutrition, the importance of undulating their program, going through the different levels, because that makes sense. I'm like, well, yeah, an athlete would do that. Well, you're the athlete here. So let's train you like an athlete. So that's where I love that topic. And I mm -hmm. think it kind of shocks some people when we talk about, we're going to train you the same way we are any of the professional athletes that we worked with. So that's always a fun topic for me. It was fun. I, that was probably, I would say, you know, like I said, we do so many different ones. So trying to say what our quote favorite one was, you know, um, or what they were, uh, that one um, to me was was a was a big hitter. But how about you, Marty? What's if you had to say like we're gonna try to go over our top three? So if you have to give me your second one, and I know these aren't in any order. Yeah, but. not in any order. I think the the knee, similar to the shoulder, we did a two part series on all about the knee for the same reasons that you just mentioned about the shoulder. Is we everyone wants to be healthy. Everyone wants to be active. Everyone wants to increase the volume of their exercise or the intensity of the exercise as well. And if you have any type of dysfunction in and around the knee, now we know it's not coming just from the knee. We talk about that during the sessions, but you know, there are so many people that they get on an elliptical trainer and they try to grind it out or they get on a treadmill and try to run, or they just go outside and try to run, or they're doing multi-joint exercises loaded. And all of a sudden, as I'm sure I said in the topic there in the webinars is the itis is show up, the tendonitis, the bursitis or anterior knee pain, and then everything has to shut down. 
well, let's strip it back to the basics, understand the joint, understand the biomechanics uh, that create good or faulty movement pattern, create the strategies around it to get people to be moving well. So that way they don't have that knee discomfort and either you correct it right now or prevent it. And when people have healthy knees as they age, it's just going to increase their lifestyle and their lifespan because, you know, how many people do we know uh, in and around us that are maybe 60s or 70s and they're like, yeah, my knee's always achy or hurting. Mm -hmm. Like, and then you watch, they have to become more sedentary and that is not good. So we can work with the 20s and 30 year olds and prevent a lot of the non-contact injuries. We can improve people's lifestyle as they age because they can be more active. So I just think it was very similar to the shoulder that it's such an important body part to understand and kind of gets misunderstood. So that's why we put that in there. So that was one of them for me. Yes. And if you guys are just joining us, Marty Miller and myself, Wendy Betts, are on the Master Instructor Roundtable this week talking about what we learned in 2021. And so, so far, we've talked about the book club. We've talked about training for sport, the shoulder and the knee. And um, and then to, to kind of follow up on the what you were saying with the knee, I think one thing that in the comments that we we got and the feedback, again, were phenomenal. And so we really do appreciate the comments that you're providing um, is that people didn't really think about the importance of mobility throughout the ankle and the hip and that the knee is kind of the, the joint that has to go along with both of those playing nicely together. And that if there's dysfunction at the ankle, it's going to affect the knee. If there's dysfunction at the hip, it can affect the knee. And if there's dysfunction at both, then you're really <laughs> needing to take a bunch of steps back and really trying to, um, you know, get better range of motion. And so to your point, Marty, when people are complaining about, oh, my knees are aching and they're cracking and they're making all these sounds. And, you know, like, I've, you know, I feel it behind the kneecap on the side of the kneecap. Well, there's obviously something that's pulling it out of its track. Um, that's, you know, causing some of that, that discomfort that, you know, just taking some time to downregulate or inhibit those muscles by rolling, activating some of the muscles that have become weak, which is usually the glutes, um, trying to get, yeah, trying to get those calves just to lay, you know, kind of just chill out a little bit, get the anterior tip to fire. Um, I think we did a really good job laying out some good exercises mm -hmm. that people can you know, if, if again, any of your clients or, or yourself are experiencing some of this, we went through a lot of detail that, um, you know, people found helpful. And I know we provided a lot of exercises that were our favorite that we use currently with our athletes or our, all of our clients, actually, um, as well as myself, because as I get older, I notice that when I wake up in the morning, I sound like Rice Krispie treats. So I'm um, like, what is happening to me? You know, only old people are supposed to crack, you know, right. so I, I don't know what's happening. Maybe I'm no just sound falling effects in here. I'm just saying, no <laughs> sound effects. maybe my hearing's gone. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> But, um, you know, I think in all of these, I mean, we went through a whole year. So we're at 50 just for this year. And we started, what, about March last year. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the whole library, we pick a topic, but we always try to anchor back to the science that we're very passionate about because the, there's a reason we're passionate about it because we know it works and it's been researched. But we always try to do give a couple takeaways too, a key come some key takeaways. You know, so sometimes even in a, when we do a two part series, we can't cover everything. But, you know, we do want you to be able to say, OK, I can immediately take some of that information and apply it to my mm -hmm. clients or where I'm at in my career tomorrow. So that's why we really love doing these. It's what can we what cool topic can we talk about 
And what can we discuss that's maybe an aha moment that's maybe kind of hidden in the text or maybe didn't come to life in the text? And then how do we do something with that the next day that you go into your facility? So I really encourage all of you to go back and look through the library. If you go to NASM's YouTube channel and type in Master Instructor Roundtable, there's a lot of them. And again, we're just talking about our top six just from this year. Yes. And, you know, and like I said, we could probably have spent like if we did a recap on everything, we would be here for like probably another year because, you know, like I said, I think all of our topics, hopefully you guys have enjoyed as well. And, you know, one of the probably the the one that I we got a lot of really positive feedback was and, and I, I knew when we went into it, we would. But we're um, basically the leveling up your push up. And so talking mm -hmm. about, you know, body positioning when you're looking at, you know, your you're, you want to think people are like, okay, push-ups, you can do anywhere. You don't need any equipment. It's unbelievable for the shoulders, the chest, the back, your tries, your body, you know, everything. And, and for the upper body exercise, it's phenomenal. However, you've got to be smart in your programming because if you had someone drop down and do a four, two, one tempo, so you're in phase one and you're still working on trying to minimize compensations, that is a, that's a big ask. That is a very big ask. And so we went through proper ways of regressing someone without putting them necessarily on their knees, because we want to think, you know, especially if you're, you know, a male and you're in there with your male counterparts and all of a sudden you're doing a push up and you know that their form is not ideal. We don't want to teach bad movement patterns because that's good. You know, information in is going to lead to information out. So we always want it to be good information in and out and then leads to better outcomes. However, you know, we provided like, you know, maybe using the Smith machine in order to bring it up. So therefore you're not, you know, gravity obviously doesn't play as big of a role. And then as they actually become more, you know, stronger in that one particular exercise, we talked about how we can then take that regressed exercise and progress it to a, just a, a basic floor pushup. And then how you could also start to add some instability by doing a pushup with your hands on the ball, your feet on the ball, um, you know, using suspension trainers are great um, because it's something that's different. And then, you know, talking about different hand positions and ways that you can really, you know, throw in like sliders and how, how challenging that can be. Um, and then, you know, because the thing is, is when people, and Marty, you saw this, and this is one of the topics that we brought up when people are pushing up and they want to make it harder, don't put a 25 pound weight on someone's back. And that's not necessarily the, 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 the best thing because, I mean, we're, we're then loading the spine in a way that, you know, there's so many better ways of doing that to increase the complexity of it. And then, you know, there's weight vests and all that other stuff as yep. well. And it's, you know, what, what I love about the push-up is it's nothing more than a moving plank. Right. So, you know, for me, if I can kind of steal two exercises at the same time, because sometimes I'm in a time constraint. So it's not that I'm ignoring it. I'm like, okay. Here's what I need to do today. So if I do a push-up with this tempo, it's my I get my plank in simultaneously. And today, two days ago, I was doing my push-pull day, and I'm like, oh, I'm I'm tight on time. So I was like, I'm not gonna just throw science out the window. So what I did is I did a progressive workout all on push-ups. After my warm-up, I did my four-two-one tempo push-ups, went right to a pull. I did my three sets there. Then I went to a push-up with rotation at that 202 tempo. So I had more of a strength, but I got the thoracic, uh, the rotation and still some stability in the shoulder, right? And then I did my another 
back exercise to kind of mirror that a pull with rotation. And then I did my speed push-ups at the end for or my plyo push-ups with a speed band pull. So I got through all three phases, did three different levels of uh, push-up progressions. And I was able to stay in a little spot in a very busy gym and be in, be out, keep my uh, tempos and my work to rest ratios right where I needed them. And all I did was a push-up that day. And I'm sure it was on a Monday because, you know, heaven forbid. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> I'm not international chess day due to my travel schedule. I have a three day split. And so no, I'm not international chess day Monday guy. Oh, there you go. Well, and I think, you know, one thing I know that's what we've told people listen to this because we'll tell you if you're new to training, try not to try not to do chess on Mondays because everybody else is going to do chess on Mondays. It's like ghost town on Tuesday. So if you want to actually be able to maximize your time, and your ability to use a lot of different equipment for your chest and do them on Tuesdays, because I'm telling you guys, it will, it will save you a lot of time, a lot of frustration of other people using the stuff that you need. Um, but then I, one other thing, Marty, before we even go to your last one, um, I think one of the, the key points too, that we discussed that's important when we talked about it, um, were the, were the hand, you know, hand positions and some of the misconceptions about like the diamond pushups or, you know, different um, varying of positions. So do you want to maybe, so I'm not, you know, talking the whole time about how much I love to do these, these uh, pushup ones, but, you know, just risk versus benefit on some of these things. Yeah. I mean, there's some guidelines I follow. I try not to ever get past the 90, 90, you know, for with both shoulders because of structural integrity, but think about a football player. You're never going to always push equally from the same position. You may be pushing here and here. You may be pushing here and here or someone like I was just helping my wife. She's doing some construction in uh, the office and I may have to push something out of the way or move her treadmill or something like that. So we don't always have to stay symmetrical. The key thing is, even if you change hand position, one higher, one lower, we're going to always go back to, is it a progression that makes sense? Do you have a regression if they get fatigued? And if you're not violating one of the five kinetic chain checkpoints, go for it, right? Uh So if all of a sudden I move something and I have to shrug, well, that's an indication that that's not the right progression. Or if I move my hands in different positions, then my scapular wings, well, that's not the right progression. So those are the, the basics of it, but uh-huh. there's nothing wrong with having different hand positions. I've done pushups where I move laterally back and forth. Uh-huh. I've done where I've moved in a clock because again, it's another neurological and physiological demand on the body that the body has to overcome. And that's awesome. But you know, again, it comes down to the five kinetic chain checkpoints. And I always say, do it with a purpose. Don't do it to make it look like a circus. Yes. And, and, you know, those of you guys that have been around for the entire, you know, since we started doing this, you'll know that one of my all time favorite exercises that I do with multiple of my clients who, who have, I have had for a while. So this would not be for a new client is I use the speed ladder. I use the speed ladder on my, on their hands for upper body cardio, because it's very, very challenging. We do a lot of different stables, you know, it's a very good way of, of, you know, just moving, like Marty said, laterally. And then I have them do different pushups. I have them walk in and out of it on their hands. And so, you know, I get people are like, oh my gosh, she's got the speed ladder out. I'm like, yep. And they're like, wait a minute, we're doing upper body. I'm like, yep. And they're like, oh, you know, because it's so challenging. Um, but, you know, also too, you know, one of the things we did discuss a lot with the diamond pushups and, you know, how just to be very careful with that because risk versus benefit, as Marty said, 
if somebody has internal, um, you know, shoulder rotation, so their shoulders are rounded, their heads forward, they can't maintain proper position in the right, the right, um, you know, position of just doing a normal quote push-ups, and you're trying to get more out of your triceps, then I would tell you to do a tricep exercise and avoid that because you're going to feed into compensations that you're probably already seeing in their um, in their, you know, the assessments. And so just, you know, we were just, I think, providing some really good feedback, um, you know, and things to think about and things to watch. So, but before we go to your last one, I want to congratulate Peter, because he said, I recently passed my NASM PES, and I am working on my CES too. Peter, congratulations. That is a very, very awesome thing to hear. And the CES is amazing. Um, we just came out with the new CES in 2021. And so I think you're going to absolutely love the mobility assessments. And we did do another one. I mean, that wasn't part of what we we're going to talk about today. But the CES is one of my all-time favorite things um, to discuss and, and one of my favorite uh, specializations that I have received from NASM, along with many others. But that is probably one that I hold dear to my heart because I use the CES with every one of my clients every single day. So congratulations. Couldn't agree more with the CES. I mean, that's, you know, that's my morning routine. I know, I know. And, um, and, and one other, I didn't want to, uh, you know, not to say this about the comments, but there was a comment about if we haven't discussed it already, how about discussions on how to get started? And then in today's circumstances as well. Um, I just have a follow-up question. If you're still listening, those of you guys that are joining us, listening to talking about what we've learned in 2021, if you can actually add a little bit more detail, like, are you talking about as a new trainer, like how to get started in the fitness industry, or you already are in the industry and like how to get started mainly working with different types of clientele, um, just a little more feedback would be awesome. So therefore we can look into 2022 calendar and try to make sure that we do another webinar on things that you would like for us to cover. Yep. I mean, because like I said, we want it to be what you guys want for sure. Yeah. What about your last one, Marty? What was your, you know, I've gone back and forth on this one a lot, but you know, at a very high level, I like the fact that we dove into the cardiovascular content mm -hmm. because I think personal trainers overall do a great job focusing on when I say resistance training, that could be corrective exercise all the way through the continuum of power. I, I don't use weight training. Uh, Cause that's not that to me, that's more a certain block like in the strength. So I think we do a lot on mobility now and we do a lot on resistance training and we kind of leave the cardio over here. And we have a lot of coaches out there. We have running coaches, we have marathon coaches and triathlete coaches, and they'll focus on it. Some of them have phenomenal experience. Some of them have a scientific background as well, but sometimes there's a void there. But I think that personal trainers, that if they study it and they apply it, one, their clients are going to get better results. And two, the the goals for a lot of people are either to get leaner or lose a big amount of body weight. But at the end of the day, cardio is going to be a big component to that, as well as the resistance training, of course. But also, I think now that we're going through this year with overall health, you know, it's not going to be a bad thing if you have a really good cardiovascular system, as we have now identified that one of the best things that we can all do is just be healthier, right? So I think that as a group, as fitness professionals, and I'm doing a real broad brush here that I think overall, most of us could probably fine tune our cardiovascular training a little bit and not just burn calories for the sake of burning calories, not just do boot camps for the sake of doing boot camps, but truly try to apply a little more of the science in the cardiovascular area as we would going through each phase of the model. 
Mm -hmm. And I'm going to definitely agree with that too, because, you know, like you said, you know, it isn't something that we talk a ton about, but it is extremely important for heart health. And, you know, those of you guys that have gone through the new content that NASM's put out and the new CBT, as well as the CES, you know, there's something that we talk about, you know, VT1, so ventilatory threshold one and two, and there is a difference. And usually when we're talking about two, it's more for like, you know, higher, you know, athletes and, and people that are going above and beyond. And then when we're talking about VT1, we're really using the RPE, trying to get someone's, you know, steady state. So we know where someone actually starts. That was a big change in 2021 that NASM brought out because that was something brand new. Before we did the 220 minus age, and then we would times that by like, you know, 0.65, so 65%, 75%, all the way up to, you know, um, to basically someone's max. And then we would just get a very generalized number. And that was something that we saw that was falling short of what people needed because, you know, age really shouldn't dictate someone's percentage because as somebody that you know maybe in their 80s can still go out and run we were putting out a very very low um number for their where their heart rate should remain to be at 65 percent. so it wasn't 100 percent accurate and so i think with the new techniques and the new um you know the new process that nasm has put out there it's based on all current research if you guys have not had a chance to go through that particular webinar, I think you would find it extremely helpful because we really did dive into what each one of those were, how you can apply it, how you can add it into someone that is, is short on time. And I really do believe that um, to me, like that was also one that when you said you were going to do it, I'm like, bingo, because I had that on my list too. So good yeah, choice, I, think just, I think it's just important because I think we focus so much on the OPT model from a resistance training standpoint, which is awesome. And including the warm up and the cool down, all that. But man, if, if your heart's not strong, it doesn't matter what your buys look like, right? And that gun is shows important, right? Wendy. I know you know that, but I'm telling you, yes. And if you guys are joining, Mar Marty Miller and I are talking about what we learned in 2021 on the Master Instructor Roundtable. And, you know, we kind of covered some of the, the ones that kind of stuck out probably the most. But, you know, there are so many different things because we truly did. We covered the foot and ankle. We covered the neck. Tech neck was a big one that we got a mm -hmm. lot of feedback on, too. And, you know, I think overall, you know, the key takeaways on every one of our webinars that we talk about is the importance of doing a proper movement assessment, getting the data that you need in order to design a very specific individualized program for any client that walks to the door, no matter what level they come in at, off the couch, all the way to the pro level, because if you don't and you're not good at assessing, then you are guessing. And so we wanted to make sure that in every single one of them, you're going to hear us talk about assessments. You're going to hear, probably not in the book club, we probably didn't, I shouldn't say every one of them, but in a majority of ours, Most. we talk about that. And then the importance of just literally, we've given you, we meaning NASM is giving you guys a blueprint of exactly how you can program based on the assessments. So remember the solutions cable table that we provide in the textbook, you can also find on nasm.org. It helps guide you on what you should roll, what you should strengthen and gives you some ideas. And, you know, one of the additions that NASM has provided in the new CPT content is the video library. And, you know, Marty, I mean, you've seen it, I've seen it, we've done um, queuing now in the video library. And so if you're, you know, we're teaching someone how to do, let's say something at like a bridge, 
we tell you know we go through in the video of this is the proper positioning these are the common compensations and this is how it should be performed at a different tempo based on where they are you know you you know in the model and so you know we're trying to provide as many tools as we can so everyone can be successful but if you you know if you follow the model you're patient and you actually go through the model yourself you're going to see how difficult each and every phase is especially if you do the assessment and you find out where the weak you know, where's, what's the weakest link? Yeah. And, you know, we've already started brainstorming for 2022, which is crazy to say. And yeah. it all comes down to our conversations. What can we put out there that will help the vast majority of our, you know, NASM family. And again, everyone's at different levels and different abilities and different experiences and different training environments. So that's, again, why we say we'd love to hear from you because we're going to be doing these. We're going to be putting the content out there. We want to make it impactful for all of you. So it can be anything from the model. It can be career minded. It can be something like we did with a book club, mm -hmm. anything to help you become more successful moving into 2022. Yes. Education is key and we're here to help. <laughs> and again, if you are just joining us, I highly recommend watching the first seven minutes of this one because... I just think you need to do it because you're going to learn some really interesting things about the holidays. Same. Yes. I don't like glitter. Marty likes to bake. I will go buy if I can. Said, I am wait, I'm going to make you rewind to watch it. I did not say I like to bake. I said, I'm going to this year. Oh, well, I am not. Process. I am I'm not. <laughs> I'm making the efforts. <laughs> I got to figure out side dishes. That's what's on my list of things to do. So side dishes go. and desserts. That's, that's cool. where, that's where I'm And at. you know, I just think maybe next time we'll talk about what our favorite holiday movies are. I wish we had time today. So. I know, but Marty, I want to say thank you for an amazing 2021. Yes, you. you have been a perfect person to, you know, be a co-host with, um, truly appreciate this. Thank you to our producer, Eric, who is maybe yes. he's the, the mind behind the power of us doing these each and every he tolerates week. us. Well, <laughs> he does. He does. He keeps us on track for sure. But, um, yes. to all of you guys that are joining us too, thank you for attending every, every, you know, webinar that you hopefully can attend. And um, like Marty and I have said multiple times, if you have ideas for us that you really want us to cover, please, please let us know. And um, that'll actually go into, I'll, I'll give you my email address and my contact if you want to find me on Instagram. And then Marty, you can do the, do the same. But if you guys want to email me directly, you can email me at wendy.bats, which is B-A-T-T-S at NASM.org. Or you can find me on Instagram at wendy.bats13. Perfect. And Wendy, I can't uh, echo it enough, everything you said. And then, you know, always love this time of week working with you, learning from you. And thank you so much for being an amazing co-host. And Eric, like I said, you tolerate us well. So, and then my uh, information you'll see up here is Instagram is dr.martymiller72 and then email marty.miller at nasm.org. So from myself and Wendy, I know I can say this and on behalf of NASM, we hope you have a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. Thank you all for attending and we can't wait to see you again very soon.